How did the Carolina Hurricanes fare in the second game of their back-to-back in the Keystone State of Pennsylvania? Find out today on today's episode of Locked On Hurricanes. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing how the Carolina Hurricanes fared in their second game of a back-to-back in the state of Pennsylvania. Yesterday's game was against the Philadelphia Flyers. But before we get into that, I want to thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen on this Tuesday afternoon. And as always, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And don't forget to rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. So yesterday's game, like I mentioned, was the second half of a back-to-back in Pennsylvania. The Carolina Hurricanes, they played the Penguins on Sunday and they came away with the win in that one. But that game was not without its faults, especially on the blue line and then late in the game whenever Pittsburgh had the extra attacker. There were definitely some issues that needed to be addressed in that game. There are also questions about who would be taking the ice in this game against the Flyers because we had some banged up guys. And we were questioning whether or not Brendan Smith would be playing because you know he took a puck, I believe it was to his ear. You also had Vincent Trocek, who was a game-time decision in that game against Pittsburgh. And then you had Seth Jarvis, who got hurt in the game against Nashville on uh, Friday night uh, prior to the Pittsburgh game. So the Hurricanes were pretty banged up heading into this game. So I was questioning who all would be taking the ice for the Hurricanes in that lineup. And one thing I did have right for sure was the fact of Frederick Anderson getting the start and not a whole lot of changes being made to the lineup at all. And there wasn't a whole lot of changes. The SA, I honestly thought Sveshnikov would have gotten bumped back down to the second line and had someone take his spot up top, whether it be Seth Jarvis if he was playing or someone else. But they kept that SAT line together on the top line. Stephen Lawrence, Vincent Trocek, Martin Natchez on the second, Nino Stahlfoss on the third, and Martin Kotniemi and Derek Stepan slotting in there on the bottom. And I was questioning whether or not we would have seen Seth Jarvis in that game, and we didn't. Derek Stepan took his spot there. And I said in yesterday's episode that I felt, you know, with so many guys banged up, you know, we have, you know, the extra guy, you know, let's slot him in if need be. And that's what was done. And this was a game that very much like the Pittsburgh game was 
a game with its faults for sure for the Hurricanes. And I think, you know, the first period they were, that first period was not good at all. The Hurricanes throughout this game, but the first period especially, they looked gassed and they looked tired. They looked beat up. And Freddie was having to make some ridiculous saves to keep the Hurricanes in this. And you just look at the shots on Cole for the first period alone. Philly had 11 and the Hurricanes had two. That rarely ever happens. And Philly was doing a really good job of anytime the Hurricanes would even appear to look like they're going to have a scoring chance, shutting it down. They did a great job of shutting the Hurricanes down throughout this game. And it's not often you see the Hurricanes get outshot like that. And it really, their shot total, or just shots on goal, that really didn't start to ramp up until a decent amount of time, at least halfway through the second period. Because I remember when the Hurricanes scored their first goal, when Nino scored, and given that was very, very early into the second period, just 24 seconds in, and even a little bit after that, the Hurricanes still only had like eight shots on goal a good six, seven minutes into the second period, and that's not something that happens often with the Hurricanes. So obviously credit to Philly for shutting the Hurricanes down, but... The Hurricanes, they were very, very gassed, and they are going to need every minute of this little three-day break that they're getting right now. And like I said, through that first period, they were lucky to not get scored on at all, and that's kudos to Frederick Anderson there. And I think that, you know, the Hurricanes... They were lucky in this game. They they got some bounces and that went their way in Philly's sake of Philly not scoring when they very well could have and then and Freddie making stops. But I think that one thing that the Hurricanes did do well in this game, I think it's a testament to just this team of they did not play their best game. And that first period was one of the worst periods all season long. But they didn't just roll over and take the L or anything like that. They kept fighting. They kept it a game because you know Nino, he opened up a scoring there in the second period. Philly, they ended up scoring just a few seconds later. Tavo... Gave us a lead again, and then Brown tied it up for for Philly in the third. Trocek gave us the lead again, and then Lindblom, uh, he ended up tying it up pretty late in the third. So it was obviously kudos to Philly for keeping it close because, you know, like I said in yesterday's episode, doesn't matter where a team is in the Metro division standings. Every team brings their a game to these games. The hurricanes definitely did it in this game and they are lucky, but 
every team they when they play a team in the division no matter how mm-hmm. good or bad they are they they bring it and Philly definitely brought it in this game and that's kudos to them and we made uh Martin Jones look really good in this game which we should not have but again the hurricanes were very gassed and we got lucky and overtime because I think overtime was honestly probably the Hurricanes' best period. And we will dive more into overtime and what I think the Hurricanes did well there right after this quick break. Football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam ahead with both pro and college hoops. And we're in North Carolina, folks. Everyone knows that college basketball here is basically a religion. And from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to land, BetOnline.net remains the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just for basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and learn more about all the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Now, like I mentioned, I felt that overtime was probably the Hurricanes' best period throughout this game because, like I said, they were gassed the entire game. They really had their backs against the wall and were having to scratch and claw and do everything they could to not lose the lead entirely and then play from behind. They were lucky to keep it tied whenever Philly did score. And, of course, the first period, just no one score. But, like I said, overtime I felt was the best period. The Hurricanes really controlled the... really just the entirety of overtime it felt like because they really while shots on goal was you know six to five in overtime it really felt like the hurricanes were just had complete or not necessarily complete control of overtime but they were the one with the puck for the majority of overtime yes philly had their chances and they didn't capitalize and that's great for the Hurricanes, obviously. But you know, they really were able to, in my opinion, control over time. And I think that's really what led to the Hurricanes being able to win this game. Because they were able to control and not get ahead of themselves. And you, know, you look at when Brett Pesci scored. He scored at 442 in overtime. And less than a minute left in overtime. And that was his first game-winning goal of his career. So great on him for that, of course. But I feel like the Hurricanes, they were patient in overtime. They didn't try to rush anything. They didn't force anything. And I think that's what really worked in their favor for overtime. And they've earned this break that they've gotten now. They've won three straight those and these wins did not come easy at all. The 
Nashville game was, again, a game with its flaws, especially towards the end with the Hurricanes letting them score er, score late. Same with Pittsburgh. And then same with Philly. These were games, these were ugly wins. And at the end of the day, though, a win is a win, and that's what the Hurricanes need to continue to succeed, continue to extend their lead in the Metro Division, and continue to climb the standings as far as the NHL standings go. The Hurricanes, they're obviously in first place in the Metro Division now, but I did see an interesting stat earlier today. For the first time since November of last year, the leader of the Metro Division is leading by four or more points. And that's crazy. That's just a testament to just how good the teams in this division are, especially the ones at the top. Namely, us, the Hurricanes, the Penguins, and the Rangers. Those have been the teams that are up at the top for pretty much the entirety of the season. It's really just been those teams. I know Washington has climbed up there a couple times into, uh, I believe, third place. I think that's where they've maxed out it. They may have had first at one point in time, but I don't think it was for very long. But it's pretty much been those three teams all season long. And that's a testament to just how good all of them are, that none of them were really able to get a big lead at all in the division for since November. And I think that now the Hurricanes, they're, they're resilient and they battled through in these past three games to regain that number one spot. And they've earned this break that they've gotten for sure. They're, we're obviously in what would have been, or we're coming out of what would have been the Olympic break. And now we're looking ahead to Friday against Columbus. This is going to be a game where I think the Hurricanes are definitely going to have their work cut out for them. And I know that sounds weird talking about Columbus, but I will explain more right after this quick break. Now, if we go back to the last game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, it was when... Columbus was in Raleigh. It was just like a week or two, if that, after we came back from down for nothing. Yeah, it was almost two weeks to the day from that particular game on New Year's Day. The last time we played Columbus was January 13th, where we got shut out six to nothing. And that was an ugly game. For sure. Everyone wants to forget about that game, obviously. So looking ahead to this game against Friday, we'll talk more about it, you know, come Friday, obviously. But I think it's worth mentioning right now that the Hurricanes are, like I said, going to have to have their work cut out for them in that game. Very much you know the same thing yeah, I said about both Pittsburgh and Philly of Metro teams step their game up when they play each other. And Columbus definitely has done that with the Hurricanes this year. And, you know, they got embarrassed on New Year's Day. I would be very embarrassed if I was a member of that team or just a team that blew a 4 nothing lead. 
I would be embarrassed. And then they came out for revenge in that second in that third game of the season series in that game afterwards where they beat a six to nothing on the hurricanes first espn broadcast of the season and the hurricanes did not look good at all in that game so i'm really hoping that the hurricanes will use this break to rest up for one and they didn't practice their whole media availability today. So they're just resting and doing what they need to do there. So I think that the Hurricanes, they've earned this rest. And some of these guys that are banged up, you know, like Vincent Trocek, like Seth Jarvis, Brendan Smith, Tony D'Angelo, let, let these guys, you know, just rest and rest up, really, and get healed as much as possible and because these guys you know we we're definitely in that part of the season where injuries are starting to pile up hopefully it doesn't get to the point like it was you know last year where we had you know a whole crap ton of guys out hurt hopefully it doesn't get to that point you never want that for any team obviously but i think the hurricanes they They've earned this little break that they have, and they need to use every second of it to rest up and get healed up and then practice in these areas that have been giving them trouble over these past few games, namely on late-game situations when there's an extra attacker out there for the other team because that has really been an issue over these past couple games. Again, mainly in Nashville and Pittsburgh, where that was an issue. And they need to work on getting back to where they were with that. I did say that I didn't think that that would be like a lasting issue. I just think that's a kind of mid-season speed bump type situation there. Let's get back to you know how... Felt like you know every time there was an empty net, the Hurricanes scored on it. Yeah, you know, let's get back to that, and let's get back to that level of production from the Hurricanes. Let's work on our defense of stop creating little holes and whatnot that are allowing other teams to gain momentum. Again, very much going back to that game against Pittsburgh where Tony D'Angelo completely abandoned Sidney Crosby, which led to a very, very easy goal for him. So let's work on areas like that. Very much things that can be fixed and things also like that abandoning Crosby never should have happened in the first place. So, Let's get back to where the Hurricanes were. Again, there's ups and downs throughout every season for every team in every sport. But, you know, the Hurricanes, they've shown themselves to be better than what they are right now. And I'm fully confident that they will be able to get back to where they need to be. Uh, I really am. And I think that they are going to continue to fight for this top division top spot in the division and very well could be raising another division championship banner at the end of the season when all things are said and done hopefully it's more than just the one banner 
but we'll just have to wait and see on that. But the Carolina Hurricanes, they got this little three-day break. Today's day one of that. We don't play again until Friday. So the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to be they're gonna be fine. I don't think these past few ugly wins are anything to worry about because the issues that are there again can be fixed. And I'm fully confident that they will be because in seasons past, heck, this season alone, when issues have arose, we get through them. Some take a little bit longer than the others to fix, yeah. But the Hurricanes have always powered through these mid-season slumps and issues that they're having. And they come out better on the other side. And you look at what they're dealing with right now. Yeah, they're having these issues, but they're still coming away with wins. And I think that's something to really be admired about this team because they're not playing great hockey right now and they're still winning. And that is great stuff for the Hurricanes. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they do against Columbus on Friday and then Edmonton following that on Sunday. But in the meantime, Make sure you are following Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jaredellis underscore 96. Rate the show five stars on whatever platform you are listening on and I will talk to you in the next episode.